Welcome to the Good News from Gainesville, Georgia podcast. Let's pray. Father God, be with us in the reading of this word, receiving it, and letting your spirit do what he will in our lives. That we don't restrict it, that no demonic thoughts, actions separate, get in the way. Tempt, cause anxiety, or anything that we just can commune with you and your word. Thank you for this day, Lord. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to read from you Mark 1 through 8. It is Pentecost Sunday. We notice that uh, we know from the book of Acts the great day of Pentecost, 50 days after the resurrection. Upper room men received the Holy Spirit throughout. Everyone heard um, in their own language, and it spread the gospel. Empowered men that fled the cross, scared when Jesus was crucified. These apostles that shook and trembled and feared. Now they were empowered because they'd seen one the resurrected Christ. They had that mental knowledge. But then in that, they still were kind of hiding. We go to that upper room, the Holy Spirit in them. Loving, gracious power. Where'd this idea come from? It always has been true in Scripture. I'm reading Mark 1, 1 through 8. We're going to be preaching through the Gospel of Mark this summer. And into the fall. Mark 1, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. John appeared, baptizing in the wilderness, and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist and ate locust and wild honey. And he preached, saying, After me comes one who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son, with you I am well pleased. The Word of God for God's people. We're going to stand... And we're going to recite Mark 1, 8, right here. When you found this, please rise. Then we'll be seated. After we greet one another, then we'll proceed with the message. I'll read it one time, then you'll repeat it after me. We want the Word of God not only read by someone else, read by you, through your lips, 
through your heart, soul, and spirit. Mark 1.8 I have baptized you with water, but He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Let's read this all aloud together. Mark 1.8 I have baptized you with water, but He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Turn to your neighbor, ask him, are you jumping in? Are you jumping in? Yeah, man. Please, please be seated. All right, I am so glad you're with us today. And this is a message that, uh, like many of them, was somebody else taught us. I might have heard it on the radio. I thank God for biblical radio preachers, TV, whatever. Sometimes what somebody else said, then they kind of translate it, and they do it, and then you're going, yeah, I don't mind. But they're saying with the Bible, go through the Bible. Go with the Bible. Amen. This is for you. This is for you. Sometimes the church quarterly or grandma's lesson, as great as grandma was, might have taken a veer of what the passage is saying. Mark says simply, during this great day of his of his ministry, the great days. I have baptized you with water, but He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. That sounds pretty simple. Kind of reminds me like in school. The simpler it gets, somehow these kids have been trained to ask 5,000 questions about simple. Fire is hot. What do you mean by that? Hot compared to what? Blah, blah, blah. Okay, it's hot, bad, don't touch it. What do you mean don't touch it? Don't get close to it, whatever. Fire is hot. He said he's baptizing for the repentance of sins with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. What a day. What a day. Maybe the high church people would not say it, but I'd say that's a church service. They're outside Jordan. Here's this crazy guy eating grasshoppers and uh, what it says, eating grasshoppers. What does it say? Wild locusts and wild honey. Had a camel's hair coat. Not the kind you get it belched. I'm talking about just like a mule skinner. They were camel skinners. He's wearing it. He's out there preaching. And for the repentance of what? Sins. Well, guess who's coming up to get baptized? And Jesus. The one that knows no sin. It's always a question I'm always amazed we never ask. What's he doing in there? Then people will take this as well, is this the same baptism even the disciples? This same baptism that yes and no. Is it the same baptism Jesus had that we're having? Yes and no. I believe it is for the repentance of sins. We know that from our church tradition. You know, we talk about that and pass that along. We get baptized for the remission, the washing away of sin. And then it talks about this, but he will, Jesus, baptize with you, 
you with the Holy Spirit. And then some church will quickly turn that page. This kind of, before anybody has any questions about what's this baptism of the Holy Spirit about? This Mark's Gospel is pretty straightforward. I love it. I love all of them, but they all have a unique taste, flavor. It's immediate. gets to the point. And then we have a very defeated, whipped bunch of people that say, do you believe Jesus is your Lord and Savior? Yes, I do. Have you been baptized? Yeah, I did that one time. That was terrible. Now tell me how can we pray for you? And then I hear excuses how God can't do nothing. That's their testimony. They won't say that, but oh, I got these excuses, you know. It's like I've had people come in here. I need a job. I'm going right here, baby. You work here? Want to work here? Or work here. Well, I can't back. No, I'm not allowed to go to that business. No, I can't. Nope, can't. Nope, nope. I'm gonna swat it out of your hand. Can't do that. That's what we do with God. Can't do that. I'm just sitting here, loving Jesus, whipped and bored. I started ministry in the Methodist tradition. There's a man named John Wesley, and people don't understand him at all. He was a uh, very uh, probably annoying guy in real life. Um, that'd be me, my type of personality. Has anybody ever seen the uh, TV show Frasier Crane? No, I'm you know, real persnippity, educated guys that you're going, Ugh. you know, they, they're going to have the last word. They're brilliant. This guy, this guy knew about multiple languages. You know, he's the kind of guy. He he wasn't reading. What translation are you reading? He'd say, you know, the the ancient Hebrew. You know, these guys were just brilliant. And he was in there, and he started at Oxford University, which is supposed to be the most prestigious one in England, and this is in the 1700s. And um, he, you know, did through all the things. He started a club. They call it Methodist because of the method, their method, and they're really mocking them. You know, do good so many days. Go visit the prisons even, all the Bible stuff. Check off, check off. And he was miserable. When all of a sudden, you know, they're starting this colony called Georgia, Going to Savannah, James Oglethorpe, if you've ever taken Georgia history, you remember that name? They're coming over. He's the chaplain, so to speak. He comes over there, so he comes over there. And uh, one of the things he wrote, one of the saddest things you ever, ever read. I'm going to America to convert the Indians. I'm paraphrasing, but this is pretty close to what he said. I'm going to America to convert the Indians. Who's going to convert me? He's just a clergyman. For years entrenched into the ancient languages of the knowledge of the history and everything. I said on the on the trip, he saw a band of Moravians. These were the simple, self-educated Germans. They're having a ship at sea. Well, the ship at sea was having a storm, and it was about to crash. 
these parades had a bunch of kids running up in the deck about like my granddaughter yet you know when i go out with her you know, ah there's one of those ark everybody's laughing cutting up and running <laughs> and he just jacked, jacked one of them up and said aren't you afraid to die they went nah what is the game what are you talking about brother and when you're on those ships then it wasn't like okay see you 12 hours in america it'd be weeks and weeks and they said we ain't scared a bit you go what's wrong with me what's wrong with me he goes here he comes to america he goes around he's he's reading you know he's that guy i always say don't be that guy he's he's pulling out the bible the rules and regulations of the church in england he's busting everybody down He's dating some young lady and Brother Charles who wrote me the great hymns like Hark the Herald Angels Sing. He, he talks them out of it. They're like the, the Crane Brothers in that show Frasier. You know, they, they talked them out of it. Well, guess what? The girl wasn't waiting on him. She gets engaged. She comes up to the communion realm. The way they do it in the Church of England, you have the realm, you come up, you're served by the priest. That's the rules of the Church of England. Yeah, some reason... No communion for you. Remember they used to have the soup Nazi on Seinfeld? No secret. No communion. No. God's table for you. Guess what? This is a different day. We talk about America. We're free to do whatever religion. That's the Church of England. That's governmental stuff. Boom, you're under arrest. Well, I think I'll go back to England now. <laughs> he scuttles over to South Carolina, goes over there, and he's meditating and meets more of these German pietists said, you know, I've got you got to trust the Lord, brother. You got to be, you know, the Spirit. You got to trust the Lord. And he said, uh, I'm a minister. What do I do? He said, keep preaching faith until you have it. That's been great debate historically. Was he saved or not? I've studied it like many people do. My opinion, he was saved, but he was that. But a lot of people are praying to you. They say you can't be the carnal Christian. The Christian that says, yeah, but is getting whipped and beat up in life. They said he went reluctantly. Reluctant. The preacher goes reluctantly to church. On a Sunday night church. You know, he must have been desperate. You can't pay people to go to Sunday night. You can't be giving out $20 bills. You still have your family and a couple other people that are going to go to Dairy Point or something. People just don't like it. I don't know. So he goes there, and here is Martin Luther, who Martin Luther King was named after, the, the German reformer from 500 years ago, had a commentary. The guy was just reading the commentary. How exciting was this, that have been? He's reading a textbook. Somebody can read a textbook about Martin Luther and about being saved by faith. I guess it was a good commentary. I've never seen anybody publish that and send it. Hey, read this commentary. You'll, you'll change your life. He got there. He said his heart was strangely warmed. Not warmed. They wrote everything. They're very you know, gentlemanly. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. He said, I was assured of salvation. Even my sins are forgiven. Yeah. Boom. It changed. Everything changed for him. Everything it's very reminiscent of these apostles who literally were afraid of death. Our boss, Jesus, our rabbi, our teacher, he's been strung up on the cross and murdered. I ain't nobody. What are they going to do to me? They were scared. They had the head knowledge. Yeah, we know. Yeah, they've even seen the resurrected Christ. But, you, know, you don't hear about any great things. Jesus said, y'all just cool out. They were without prayer. Don't tarry. You heard that. Don't 
Terry. Or Terry, you know, just hanging out, whatever. You think about it for about 50 days. You go up there and we know they heard like a great rushing wind. The Holy Spirit is a person. They heard the Holy Spirit. You know what? When Adam said, God was walking through the garden. Well, we destroy God's work all the time. That's how intimate God is. He's walking in the garden. With us, the Holy Spirit, a person who was with them, they can hear him like, how rivers, I understand, like, like that. And then they had their Jews come out to Pentecost on their great feast. So it was like international city, Jerusalem, all the Jews. And they had the, the great dispersion of all the Jews earlier in biblical history. They're all coming back to the temple. So all of a sudden you have a guy that's a fisherman, Peter, the Holy Spirit led on him and said when they're in that upper room like tongues of fire, he's all of a sudden, he's like the greatest preacher in the history of the world. <laughs> the Holy Spirit helped us. No one knows the great preacher the Holy Spirit It came and thousands were saved and then he kind of preaches some more and thousands more. They went in there, there's probably less than 100 people that were saved, born again. Now there are thousands they're going throughout the world. They're going back to Africa. They're going back to parts of Asia and Europe to share this news, this experience. Do this. Here's one thing. One, well, number one on our notes, bored. Are we just bored sometimes? People are bored with God because they have no life. No life. No life. My wife's a retired first grade teacher and she said she can't stand it. You have the most obnoxious students and parents always come to school. My child is bored. You know, they must be gifted or something. So gifted kids don't get bored. <laughs> we got books, we got something, something's gonna get their attention. We're bored with it. We have people come in here that you tell, they get mad there's we're still having the service. They come in late, busting up what we have to call group of twenty preachers coming here, bringing it hard every day. They'll come through here. They're bored. You know, this ain't people that have been here before. These are people, I've been pastoring here 10 years for this ministry. These are people who've been coming here longer than me. Bored. Lifeless. Lifeless. Why? Because either they don't believe it, calloused ears, bored, arrogant, or something. They see no value in it. They're bored. You're supposed to love the Lord your God with your what? All your heart, your soul, and your mind. They're not getting it. I can't make them get it. That's the work of what? The Holy Spirit. That's always say we need. We do a good job. I've got to do a better job. We got to pray it up for our services. There's a reason we're having services. Well, I got to get right with the Lord. Yes, I need fellowship. You know, during all this crazy pandemic. Probably just killing it and all this stuff and saying that, you know, oh, well, horrible. It's been some of the best days of my life. You know, so what's the best three or four years of your life? It's probably during this time. You know, and I just got a grandchild. But, man, I got you. I got fellowship with you. We come down here. We got family. We're not alone unless you make yourself alone. I think you know, maybe. You don't have to answer that. Make themselves alone. Even in the crowd of people. Getting in a lunch line with 70 people.
still going to be alone. Bored. Or number two, and I put it in, uh, Thomas, what is that number two word on there? They're afraid, yes. I've got the English part on there. They're afraid. Well, you know, that's kind of religious nutty fanatic stuff, isn't it? You know, if I just shut up and, you know, that's all there is, you know, I'm afraid. You know, my life's bad enough. My life's bad enough. I'm whooped down, I'm beat down, and all this. Now, what do they think? I'm one of them religious fanatics. Jesus praising people. Like, you know, if somebody comes up on me at Walmart, they're afraid I'm going to be what? Talk about Jesus. <laughs> Talk about Jesus. Well, praise God. I, I, I got through that. That's a hard barrier. I'll be through it. That's a barrier to be broken. I'm all thinking about, like, well, there's a great pastor named Charles Spurgeon of what's your job to get people to the cross. How do we get people to the cross? Singing, praying, the table, the word, the fellowship, the discipleship. <laughs> People give up. This religion is only for other people. You know, I, I grew up in the ministry and with a lot of kids. My son, watching him go through there. Everybody's in his youth groups and all this. And all of a sudden, the jargon is raising hell. Just as addicted, just as fallen as everybody else. And that's really hard. It's one of the hardest things is to get people back to the church there in the 20s and 30s that used to be, you know, t-shirt wearing, youth group people and all this. Why? Here's the thing I'm saying. Well, they don't play rock and roll music at their church. I don't care what they play. I'm just thankful we have music. I've been related to getting to have a, a video. We're going to have somebody. I had to leave sometimes. You're crazy at that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> That ain't it. I, I, I don't I don't care we have a mango or a pipe organ or whatever. We're gonna praise Jesus, I'm gonna jump in there. Don't care. Don't care. Here's the thing. It ain't real, really, is it? We say it is. That's nice. Little kid go to church, we get you, you know, time and all this, get you a nice little Bible and all this stuff. <laughs> But it ain't real. But you, when you go out to college, it's time to party. When you go out to work, you know, you got good looking women that come you know, Come on now, that's, that's kind of kid stuff. I can't, I don't live sexually pure. I don't stiff arm temptation. You know, that's just for kids to get them through. <laughs> that's just for kids. Bored or afraid. Afraid they'll lose a lifestyle or afraid of condemnation. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? I think that's what when the Holy Spirit hits you. Yes, I do believe, you know, you go into theology, you know, you, you're sealed with the Holy Spirit. You know, the disciples of John 20, they had the Holy Spirit before Pentecost. They had the Holy Spirit before Pentecost. Jesus breathed on them. He said, receive the Holy Spirit. But 
this scripture don't say anything about receiving. It says be what in the Holy Spirit? Read that again. What's it say? They already got it in their heart. Receive. What happened to those guys? They had received the Holy Spirit again. What happened to them? They got what? They got baptized with the Holy Spirit. Okay. Ooh, what if it gets kind of crazy or something like that? Um, lots of expressions of Christian tradition. We've got people who've never been to church, Catholic, probably mostly everybody been to Baptist at one time in their life, just the way it is. If you Methodist, maybe even you just Presbyterian. <laughs> Here's the deal. Are you obeying the Holy Spirit? We can say all we want. We can say. We have expressions. I love the expressions of church and worship. Are we obeying the Holy Spirit? Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. Thank you that you love us so. Lord, help us not to dishonor you by dishonoring the Holy Spirit and his ministry and works. Lord, when we need a time of salvation, we need people to be filling the power of the Holy Spirit to be saved, to declare, yes, the answer, not just quote an altar call, but the answer, your biblical command to be baptized, come forward, have those sins ceremonially washed off, but also to be anointed like Jesus for ministry. Lord, we're asking for people to be brave in that. We're asking people to come forward for healing. We're asking people to come forward for problems. Lord, we're asking them to do this without their excuses. Leave those behind. Lord, bind their excuses to come forward that we can give you your gracious love in obedience. Thank you for this day, Lord. We love you. Let your spirit work as he will. In Jesus' saving name we pray. Amen. Amen.